0: Hello sisters, we are going to be working on Philippians chapter 2, I'm so excited. We are actually going to be doing verses 1 through 11 this week, but it's going to come in three parts. So this part today is verses 1 through 5, thinking of others greater than ourselves. Woo, that one hits hard. I know for me, I can have a selfishness about me for sure. So I have learned through the study of the word and pattering my life after Jesus, and of course, Apostle Paul and so many other greats throughout church history, that it really is a selfless faith and thinking of others greater and learning how to serve that has absolutely transformed my life. So I pray that you enjoy this. Family, welcome to God's word transforming lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn his word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades, no matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally, one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses god's word has transformed my life if you are ready for truth and transformation then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in god's word did you know i have a free sisterhood community of women just like you women who love jesus when they love one another they too are looking for that deeper walk with christ and they love learning his word If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hi, I'm so excited. Here we are, Philippians chapter two, we're already moving along. So praise God. I um, just love this book so much, so much. So we're going to just dive right in here. We're going to start out right here in uh, verse chapter one. Just kind of remind you guys of some things that we were talking about before. One of the last things that Paul had said to us before you know we got we're we're getting to where we are now was just remember that um our salvation was granted to us, but also suffering is granted to us. And so oftentimes we will have conflict, and it's not always outside inter- outside interferences that come in with this conflict. Oftentimes, because the enemy knows if he can disrupt unity, if he can disrupt the body of Christ, that having internal conflict will break down the very foundation of everything that the Holy Spirit is trying to build through the body, and that one of our greatest witnesses to a lost and dying world is our unity, is true unity built on love, built on Christ. And so... What's happening here is Paul has gotten word that two of the women that he had been laboring with um, were not walking in unity. They were um, they were having some type of schism and it was causing um, starting to cause disunity because they were conflicting. And it was uh, Erodia and Synthachai. I didn't look up their words to pronounce them properly so we'll get to them later, actually. but So I just want to kind of build that up, though, that Paul is going to address unity and the, and the importance of unity, which he addresses in every letter he writes, because Christ addresses unity unity is so important. How will they even know that who are his true disciples because of the love they have for one another. And one of his final prayers that Jesus had with the father in John chapter 17 was unify them, Lord, let them be in unity. Because if we're not in unity, then we cannot fully get done what needs to be done. And our witness is very poor at that point. So we're going to talk a lot about unity today, but I love what Paul does here. He doesn't necessarily address the problem head on so much as he is going to point everything. He's going to remind us why we need to be in unity and where that unity comes from. And so let's just kind of delve into that. It says in verse one, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affections, affection and mercy, and so he's saying, Listen, if in this word, if here is actually can be, um, and should be, uh, meant to be sense. so therefore, since there is any consolation in Christ, since you have this encouragement in Christ, since you have Christ's comfort because of the love that He has for you, since you have the Holy spirit and he has brought you into this fellowship with one another. And he has brought this affection and mercy that you should be having for one another. So the word, if there should be interchangeable with sense is what he's saying, because we do have that. We do have encouragement in Christ and the finished work of the cross. We do have his love that is so persuasive that we to be persuaded to walk as he walked, to walk in holiness, to walk in righteousness, to walk in love, and to walk in unity. Christ's love alone should be enough to persuade us to become who we are called to become. And so, and because we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one that has put, brought us into this beautiful fellowship with one another. You know, God puts his bride together, the universal bride, but also the local bride. It is by no accident that you are doing life with the people that you're doing life with, that you're building God's kingdom with the people that you're building God's kingdom. That was no accident. God put all of those people together. He put that that ministry together. And so here's Paul, you know, he's going to start really showing why it's so important for that Unity to stay together to fulfill the purposes of God. But he's going to use Christ to get their minds, our minds, focused off of ourselves, off of the problem, off of uh, the earthly mindedness that we all get embedded in. It's so easy to get our minds focused off of heavenly things because the earth is right here and it's so tangible to us that it seems to be, it seems to something we got to fight all the time. But he says, you know, so he's going to, so he's pointing all of us back to Christ, focusing back on Christ. He says, verse two, fulfill my joy. I love this. Here's Paul in prison. You know, they loved Paul. We've talked about that, how they supported him. They loved him. He loved them, but he's, he's like, do me a solid here. I'm in prison and it, 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 breaks my heart to think that there could be disunity going on over there in that in the church that I established, in that church of Philadelphia, the first church of Europe. Right? He knew what this church was going to be the first this was going to be the fire starter. And this that that church is literally the fire starter to where you and I have the gospel in the West here in America today. And all of that could have been stopped. If disunity came into the ministry, if it came into what God was putting together. This is serious stuff. And he says, fulfill my joy. Continue with my joy. I really need you guys to do what it takes to come together and to unify and 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 stay unified. And he goes on to say, being like-minded or being Christ-like-minded. That's what that means. To be have the mind of Christ in this situation. Everyone needs to go, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And I know that was like a popular thing like 25 years ago. Everybody wore the bracelets and the and the necklaces and whatnot. And, and it was WWJD. What would Jesus do? And that's what Paul's saying here. He was really the first person to to throw out there for us to think about. What would Jesus do? What would he do? We need to be Christ-minded in this. We need to have the same love, being of one accord. We need to be on the same page, one goal. What is the goal? We have this local body that comes together. What is the goal? The goal is to imitate Jesus Christ. The goal is to um, love one another, to walk in unity, to, to be of one mind of what the gospel is. To worship together in one mind the Christ who saved us, who came and, and died for us. To be of one mind over the scriptures, over the learning of these scriptures. What did they do in Acts 2 and 4? They labored over the apostles' teachings in unity. They served together. They went house to house, breaking bread together. They worshiped together. They became a community and a family. Now, he wants us to come into this same love, which is supernatural, that agape love that we're all filled with when we become born again, to be reminded that we have this love, the love that comes from Christ that has been poured into us. Remember Romans 5, God's love has just been poured into us and we should be it should be outpouring from us. And we do this in one mind and one accord. We should have the same goal. Love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love each other, right? Love our neighbor as ourselves, love one another, laying ourselves down for each other, and then go make Christ known to the world. We cannot make Christ truly known to the world if we are not fulfilling one and two. If We're not loving God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength individually, and then coming together and loving one another the way that God loves us. What kind of witness are we to the outside world? And, this, and the enemy knows this, that's why he has come in to divide and conquer. And we have allowed him to, we've allowed him to. And, and, and the reason why we've allowed him to, verse three, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than themselves. How does the enemy come in? He starts to get people thinking of themselves, their own interests, what I want, what I need, what I, what I prefer. And that was that he starts putting that into the mind, get the mind focused off of Christ. And now I'm, it's all about me. It's all about what I prefer. It's all about what I want. And it becomes Iism. And we are so individualistic here in the West that we don't really have a sense of community like like we used to back in the day and also like people around the world. Well, um, but it's because their culture is different. Our culture is very individualistic. Our culture is very me-centered. Our culture is very building my own kingdom-centered. And so we have filtered that into the church. It's all about me, myself, and I. What can I get? What, can, what benefits me? What's best for me? And we don't think of the others. We don't think of what our decisions, how it, they are going to affect other people. And we're to think of others greater than ourselves. It's not a false humility, like you know, purposely putting ourselves down to lift other people up. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, I think of your needs greater than my own. I think of how my decision may affect you. I think of, you know, what I have to do today, but maybe you need something. thinking of others greater than ourselves. It takes great humility and sacrifice to do this. But this is the heart of the Christian. Why is it the heart of the Christian? We're going to get into that. Verse five, let this mind, this Christ likeness, this Christ mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul is not asking us to do anything that Christ himself did not do. This is the pattern. This is the example that we have. God himself coming down. And that's what we're going to talk about. Coming down and giving up of his own desires and his will. Thinking of us greater. Greater. Than himself and he's God. Oh gosh, guys, we've got to get this together. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This was in Christ Jesus. That we are to think of each other better than ourselves, that we're not to be looking after our own interests. If I'm gonna do this, how's this gonna affect the rest of the body? If I'm not gonna do this, how's it gonna affect the rest of the body? What are my actions and my decisions doing to the rest of the body? You know, we're going to have personality conflicts. We're going to have, you know, you know, different types of things. And one thing I want to say here, which is really important before we go on to the next section, is unity is not uniformity. They're not the same thing. So uniformity is a false unity, or a unity that says we're we're unified because we all wear skirts and we all don't cut our hair and not, we all don't wear makeup and we all drive the same car or we all believe the exact same thing we all don't eat pork or we all do eat pork or we all that's uniformity. True unity, true unity is allowing each other to be different, but yet unified in love in Christ. We are unified in the essentials. That's what brings forth that unity. You can't be unified if you're not unified in the essentials of Jesus Christ. Uniformity is a dictatorship. Like, we all have to do this in order to be unified. That's not true unity. Unity is being able to be individual and yet be one. It's I don't I can I can wear a skirt and you can wear pants. I can wear makeup and you can decide to wear no makeup. I can eat pork and you can decide to not eat pork, as long as we're not saying it's a salvation issue or we're not putting each other on a higher tier and saying, well, I'm I'm you know, I'm a better Christian than you because I wear a skirt and you don't, you know, that's goes back to, you know, Romans 14 and 15, which you guys can go back and listen to that lesson. But what this is saying is that we are unified in Christ in love and that we can look past each other's differences, past each other's personality quirks, past each other's preferences. Like I prefer this kind of music, but I prefer this kind of music. You know, is what we need to fight for is the unity in Christ, the unity of the gospel, the unity of the Christ. Do we all believe that Jesus is Fully God and fully man. Yes, praise God. And if you don't, then that is an essential doctrine, and you need to learn it. And if you still disagree with it, then that's a salvation issue. Do we all confirm and believe that, right? That God, that Christ is God. That He always was God. Was God on Earth? Is God and still God in heaven? Do we believe it? Do we affirm Christ's deity? Yes, that's an essential. We have to have that. We cannot have unity if we do not have these essentials. Do we believe that the atonement was on the cross? It was finished at the cross. Yes. He did not go into hell and then suffer for three days like a lot of these false teachers teach. It was finished on the cross. Do we believe in the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ? Not a spirit. Not that he came back as a spirit. He didn't reincarnate. He came back physically and bodily. It's an essential. We have to believe that. Do you believe in the inerrant word of God that the Bible is sufficient? It has no contradictions. It is 100% God breathed. and It is our final authority. That is an essential. Do you believe in the virgin birth? That is an essential. Christ, it had to come from a virgin birth. He could not have a sperm to have created him because then he would have had the sin of Adam this Adam's nature, and he does not have Adam's nature. That's how he is still fully God and fully man. These are essentials. Do we believe in the, the Godhead or the tri-unity or the Trinity? God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit operating as one God, but three separate and unique persons. Just because our mind can't fully comprehend it doesn't mean the Bible doesn't teach it. And that's not true. These are the things that the orthodox Christianity has always held to people have died for these essentials and so we have to hold fastly to that so if we agree on those if we agree on the essentials of the faith then we need to work at the unity among the body of christ this is vital and this is going to take us laying down our pride our egos our selfish desires our personal preferences and get our minds, and this is what Paul wants them to do get your mind refocused on Christ, refocused on the goal, refocused on Him and building His kingdom. These other things, we can show each other liberty, we can show each other charity, we can, you know, lovingly debate through some of these things, but still love one another. We need to hold fast. To, to the essentials and show each other charity and liberty in the non-essentials and say, we're going to fight for unity because we want to be a witness to the world of what it means to follow Jesus Christ It is how the world's going to know us is by our love and unity because everything is divided everyone is divided. But when they see a body of believers that can come together from different walks of life, from different stages of life and different ages and different backgrounds and different, and they come together and they just love one another. And they just fight to stay together as a family and as a community so that they can get the work done that needs to get done for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is a true witness to the world because that is supernatural. But it takes everyone laying down their lives for one another and thinking of each other greater than themselves. It takes great humility to just talk to each other, to just come together as a family, to 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 just hammer out things that maybe aren't uh, biblical or aren't being done this way. Or maybe you do have a preference, but, you know, bring it to the table and let's hash it out and see if we can correct it or make it better or just. Go, hey, my preference ain't gonna get met, and that's okay, exactly. it's not about me. Whatever it is, right? And that's what God, that's what Jesus prayed for, and that's what God expects of us. And this is what Paul is about ready right to hammer home here is the, the importance of this unity to come together in Jesus Christ to love each other more than we love ourselves to think of each other greater than ourselves. If a ministry can come together and do that, they can transform the world. They can transform the city. And that's what ha- that's how Christianity did grow and, and, and go so quickly. It was like a fire that just could not be put out. It's because they were unified from Pentecost, excuse me, from Pentecost and on, they were unified and their love they had for one another. They laid everything down at the apostles' feet so that no one had a need. And they weren't fighting over these non-essential things. And they were dedicated to one another. They weren't trying to go off and ooh, have their own lives and their own, you know, way that they want to do church and the way that they think it's okay. And they weren't rebellious. They, they were unified together and they couldn't wait to be together. Whether it was a Sunday a house church, whether it was a Saturday at the temple, whether it was Monday through Friday doing house to house or going out and evangelizing, or whether it was in prison. And they had to be in prison waiting for the lions to come, waiting to be fed to the lions, waiting to be crucified for their faith. They were unified because they loved Christ. They loved Christ, number one. And they had such a love for one another. They understood what it meant to be the church. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's Word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's Word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for His good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.